Alright, uh, we are in the middle of a series called Follow Me, and so we're looking at different values in which Jesus really imparts into people uh, as a rabbi, as a teacher, when he says, follow me, what does that actually mean? What am I trying to orient my life around to become? So if someone says, follow me and what I'm doing, then I need to be mimicking whatever you are doing. I need to actually follow. And so we're examining different things that Jesus did and how he conducted himself uh, to really so we can cement ourselves into following after Jesus. This is very personal in how we follow after Jesus. And it's also corporately how we do this as a whole church body. Okay, so uh, this is really, really important. It's really exciting stuff to think about. Today's topic, I think, is really exciting because it's one of those, I think we can, it's lower hanging fruit. (laughs) Some of the things that Jesus says, uh, you'll follow me in this, we're like, okay, it's really tough. You just told me to forgive people. Not really comfortable with that, uh, right? And you've got to work on that. And other times it's, it's, it's easier stuff. Sometimes it's harder stuff. But in today's topic, I think it's lower hanging fruit. Maybe it is uh, in, in, for me, and maybe it's not for you. I, I, I have no idea. Uh, but today it's about making people feel like it's home, like church is home. Being together is home. It's a, kind of a simple idea, but welcoming people, this idea of hospitality. Making it feel like your home. Whether that's in your own home, whether you're at work, whether at wherever you're at. Have you ever been to a party where someone dragged you to that party and you know nobody? I get the honor as a pastor to do this a lot. <laughs> oh, well, we'll invite the pastor. Awesome. Like doing a wedding and going to the rehearsal dinner feels wonderful. I love being invited to that. If I do your wedding, please don't be like, well, Jared doesn't want to come to the rehearsal dinner. It's just one of those awkward moments like, you're the bride and you're the only person I know. <laughs> right? It's just because it's that way sometimes and that's okay. But it's wonderful when you enter into those awkward social standing moments, right? And someone feels, makes you feel like you're already part of the family. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you go, you enter into a, a, a random environment and someone goes out of their way to just say, you know what, this poor person, we're going to let, the, let them in on the inside joke, let them in on the familial feel of the moment. You know, you know what I'm saying? I think church sometimes can feel like that. Because if you look at it from the outside, it's kind of like a family party. And if this is your first time here, you're like, am I going to fit into the family? And so it's our job to be like, no, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You can be a part of the jokes too. You can be made feel at home here as well. Jesus is a master at this. If you read the Gospels, you read when he starts to talk to people. He's at other people's party. He invites other people to crash other people's parties. Like, he's not the host. He's just coming to the party. and He's like, hey, come on over. Oh, we ran out of food. Boom. You know, you take care of that. Like, it's Chex Mix. He didn't ever turn anything into Chex Mix. Okay, that's totally apocryphal. I'm just making something up. Um, But he had the power if he wanted to. Um, But that's just who Jesus is. I love that about him. Love it about him. He can take complete strangers and make them their best friend. You know, people like that. My father-in-law was like that. Every time he went on vacation, you go, well, who's his newest best friend now? The person he met. He got invited. They were in Jamaica or the Bahamas or something. And it was some... Bah- a bohemian holiday and so they went to some bar 
And he's talking to the bartender about what's going on today. And he's like, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. And this is the day we eat this special fish. He's like, really? What's that about? Well, my mom's making it. I close up in an hour. Come on to my house. And so Mike gets the whole crew invited over to uh, eat fish at some bohemian's house to, the, to celebrate some random holiday. Like that was Mike. Right? That Mike, Mike did this wonderfully. And it's something that we can exemplify as well. Some of us are not as gifted at it as Mike is. I understand that. But it's this idea of making you feel like you're at home. And Jesus did this, whether or not he's underneath a tree talking, whether he's in front of thousands of people, or whether he's just talking one-on-one with someone. He can make people feel um, at home when they are not really supposed to be there. Because in his eyes, they're exactly where they're supposed to be. And so sometimes in church, people will enter into the doors, they'll pull into the parking lot or whatever and go, you know, this is not a place I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be here. I've had numerous people at the baseball field say, Jared, I'd come to your church, but I think it would burn down if I walked inside. Like, that's, that's not how that works, buddy. But uh, some deeper theological issues that we got to work on. But that's okay. No, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. Because the idea is once you, when you get in here, are you going to feel like, oh, who's that guy? Like Christians or people who come to church don't have goggles on that they can see everybody's baggage. Oh, <laughs> Josh Walker. I can see that cloud. He's like, Pigpen over here. Let's get him out of here. Like, that's not how this works. It's like, no, 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 because I got baggage and you got baggage and they got stuff and we got stuff and let's get through it together. And we're bringing all that stuff to a, to a God who loves us and cares about us. We're going to deal with it and get through this together. That's the body of Christ working. And so this idea of feeling like we're coming home is so critical to who we are in Christ. It's one of the um, most Practical and tactile ways in which we can follow after Christ. One of the truths of this is that is our choice, choices draw us closer to Jesus or turn us away from him. Our choices. Not somebody else's choice. Not God's choice. Our choices draw us closer to Jesus or turn us away from him. Our choices. My choices. Bad circumstances can happen, but it's our choices responding to those circumstances that turn us closer to Jesus or turn us away. Someone can get sick. Things can go bad. Marriages can fall apart. All kinds of bad stuff can happen. Those are the circumstances. It's our choices in regards to the circumstances that draw us closer to God or push us farther apart. I want an example of this is um, I have a two-year-old daughter. Her name's Lucy. She is adorable and she is spunky she has got the best and worst parts of Kelly and I both. Bowen and Kendall, my, our nine-year-old twins, they've, they're one, they, they got set gifts or quirks. We'll go with quirks. They got set gifts or quirks. Lucy got it all. Right? She just got, got it all. She got the stubbornness of one of us. And she got the... <laughs> she got the temper of the other one. Um, and so you've got that... I divided that. We'll just let them figure out who's, who it is. But they, she got it all. And so her favorite thing to do right now, after bath time, you get her out of the bath time, and you try to dry her off, and she's running. She's like a little naked bottom two-year-old girl, squealing like a, little, like a little grease pig through the house, up onto mommy and daddy's bed, and she's in the middle of the king-size bed. And you're just like, please don't have an accident. But so you're... 
This is a really cute moment. Please don't ruin it. But you're in the king size bed. Now, king size bed, I've got really long arms. I got monkey arms. Served me well already today, okay? Really long arms. Still can't reach her in the middle of the, the king size bed. And so she knows where she can get to get daddy's attention, yet not get grabbed. And so she's, and you're like, okay, whatever. Now she starts backing up and you start moving. She starts backing up. You start moving towards her. You start backing up and you start moving towards her. Next thing, what happens? Where were you, dad? Why didn't you catch me? I was telling you, don't go trying to catch. How is this my fault? It happens, right? And so I I look at that. I kind of see our relationship with God a little bit there. Like we're in the middle of that bed. Now, God, at any time, can jump across there and grab us, just like I can grab Lucy anytime I want to and get a hold of her. But that's not the point. That's, that ends in her getting mad at me. What I really want is I want that little girl to smile, to giggle, and go, one, two. And she never gets to three. She hasn't figured out she's supposed to jump on three, not on two, but it's a, it's a safety issue we're trying to figure out. You go, one, two, and wow, and she jumps into your arms. Right? And our relationship with God, it's, it's kind of the same deal. God at any time can say, Brian, I want you and grab you. That doesn't have the same relational weight as when Brian says, God, hold me. And so the the difference is there that we're working with. It's our choices whether we're going to run away or run towards. It's a reaction to the circumstances that matter. What flips that on on an individual level that's there, what takes that to the next level, secondly, is for us. There's maybe people who are already believers. So our choices aid in other people walking toward Jesus or never meeting him. Our choice, choices aid. I want you to underline aid if you already have this on, written down or in your phone. Uh, our choices aid in other people walking toward Jesus or never meeting him. Aid. Can I just say, stop all you parents right now who are stressing out about your kids or your loved one or your parents or your, your, your spouses about them coming to Jesus. I know it's heavy on your heart. And it should be heavy on your heart. But you cannot control that. Okay, can, can you hear that? Maybe that's just what you need to hear this morning. You cannot control that. As much as you want to do this to them, that's not going to help. Right? As much as you want to love them and, and what you can't control that. But our choice is aid and other people walking towards Jesus or walking away. So I want to do everything in my power to aid them. But I can't make them. Right? We've seen people throughout history being made to become Christians. That never worked out for the, well for the people getting made to become Christians. You look throughout history. It's bad times. Lots of people died in the name of Christ. That's not how this works. It's our job to aid people walking toward Jesus. Okay? I wish I had the authority, the power to be like, boom, make people Christians. I wish. Life would, that would be so much better. Right? But that would make me God and not a disciple of God. There's a major, major shift there that needs to happen in our heads. We take control. We have Messiah complexes. I can save this person. If only I can say the right words. That's you, you, you. It's all about what God is doing in their heart, not what you're doing in their heart. So how do we present ourselves as disciples of Jesus and helping aid people walk towards Christ, not away from him? Okay, so we have to reorient our lives. The pressure's not on you. The pressure on you is, am I doing everything I possibly can to aid these people? But there comes a point where you say, I've done everything I can. I can't make it happen. Make sense? 
Some parent, somebody in here needs to hear that and just go, okay. As your pastor, when my kids, I know I'm going to have some major battles with one particular student, a kid of mine, student, kid of mine. I know it's a coming. It's going to be like World War III, and it's going to be what it is. And I'm already praying for teenage years. I'm already praying for 20-year-old years. Because I know what's going to happen. I've seen this personality before. I know what they need. But at some time, I'm already praying, Lord, let me put that in your hands. Let me put that in your hands now, because I want to control it. You will love Jesus, thank you doesn't work that way our choices aid in other people walking towards jesus or never meeting him now jesus takes this incredibly seriously there's a haunting verse in the bible that says it's better for you to have a millstone big old honking stone tied to your neck thrown into a lake than to cause a little one to stumble so jesus takes this seriously as We need to take it very, very seriously that we're helping aid people come in contact with Jesus, that we're doing everything we possibly can. One of the ways we do that is we make it feel like home. Now, home might be a weird sensation for you. Home might be a battleground. Okay, an ideal home (laughs) when you walk in here. There's a reason that the church is designed the way it is. Uh, Not because Jared just likes gray. Okay, that's, that's not why the, why the church is designed the way it is. Churches for thousands of years have been designed in certain ways to elicit uh, certain responses. If you go to get the opportunity to go to Europe and you get to see the, the old, 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 beautiful Catholic churches, in the middle of this gorgeous church is a huge thing. And for me, I was like, why is that thing in the middle of this church? It would look way better if there was an open you know, platform, blah, blah, blah. The big thing in the middle is the altar. It's where the Eucharist, where the communion is broken. Because the main thing of the service in the Catholic Church is the Eucharist, which is communion. Snack time, if you will. You know, break it down, break it down farther for you if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, that's the main thing. And so these beautiful altars are in the middle. If you go to a Baptist church, um, the church I first worked at in Monroe City, Indiana... Uh, shouldn't be called a city on the end of that because it's a town of 500 people. But it was this beautiful church that was designed by a Baptist architect. And it came out and right in the middle of this big, beautiful platform is the baptistry out in the middle. Right here. Well, that's kind of a weird place for that to be. But if the main thing in a Baptist service is for baptisms to happen, that makes sense. That's the prominent point. What, do, what am I trying to elicit the response for? Do I have all these stained glass windows? Do I want to elicit response with stained glass windows? Stained glass windows originally were put into churches because most of the people in the church were illiterate. And if they got bored during the service, they could look at the windows and get the Bible stories through the windows. That's why those, those, that happened that way. Um, you know, a lot of you are going like, oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go, the more you know. Um, there's all these different things that, that, that go on with that. Um, different churches have different setups. If you go to a church plant... I bet you they will have all kinds of lights and fog in the front and just cool stuff going on. Now, are we going to have a big altar up here to celebrate the Eucharist? No. Am I going to move the Baptist? This is the baptistry. You can tell that's a prime uh, function of of who we are, right? We we put flowers on top of it. We're not going to move the baptistry in the front. And we're not going to have lots of lights and fog and, and stuff in here as well. There might be a day that we do that. I'm never going to say never 
because you have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, but you know, we're, we, that's not who we are. What we can do, what we can do, what we're uniquely positioned to be is to feel like home. Right? And so that's why we go with the decoration that we can. That's why we go with the paint colors that we are. That's why we've painted brick walls. That's why it looks like you know, Chip and Joanne Gaines showed up in here one day. You know, that, that's why we do that. There's a reason for that that's calculated to feel like home. Like, I can't feel like a rock concert. I don't want to feel like a rock concert. I can't feel like a, um, a historic Catholic church. It's not, if you want that, go to Jolie. We, we, we walk inside that church and find a beautiful place. There's one particular church I walk the drive by. I'm like, man, that thing is gorgeous uh, in, the Catholic, in the cathedral district. But uh, that's not us. That's not who we are. What we can be is feel like home. And so that's what we're geared toward. That's what we're going towards. Our building may change. The way in which we do services may change. But one thing that won't change is to whoever comes in this door, whoever, however we conduct ourselves, we're going to strive to feel like coming home. Because that's the hospitality of Jesus. Always, always picking up someone and making them feel elevated and loved and cared for. Whether that is a woman caught in adultery or it's a big wig religious person, always making them feel wanted and needed and spoken to. I want to bring up someone in our church. Uh, you may have had the pleasure of meeting her. She's been around for a little bit now. Uh, but she's got a unique coming home story to Shore Church of God. So, uh, Kim, would you come forward? I want to have a little, little chat with you this morning. All right. How are you doing today, Kim? I'm doing good. Okay. Everyone's... C- Everyone's like, hey, you want to come up and do an interview with me? They're like, uh, in front of everyone? Yeah, in front of everyone. In front of everyone. Um, uh, Kim, how long have you been coming to, to, here to Shore Church God? A little over two years. A little over two years. How did you find out about us, and what steps did you take to get to know us a little bit? Well, it started off, my girlfriend, um, she knew I was looking for a church, and she said, did you ever look at the little church behind my grandma's? Her grandma lives right here behind the fire station, or across from the fire station. I said, there's a church back there? And she said, yeah. She said, just a cute little church. Maybe it'd be somewhere you'd like to go. And I said, okay, well, then I had a period of time with a health issue of myself, so it kind of, like, drug me back. And I, once God saved me and I, all my prayers and everything were answered, I said, I promise I will go back to church. I have been away a long time. I promise I will find a church. And then another hiccup came into my life four months later, and it kept me from finding a church. But I actually found the website, and I started listening off and on when I had free time to the messages. And I was like, hmm, this sounds like great because it's like the pastor is talking about his faults like he was talking about my own faults. Like he didn't stand up there and preach that he was better than me. And I don't even see him. I just felt like a connection. Well, then the, um, everything went on, and I kept saying, I've got to go back, I have to go back, but I still had obligations to take care of, and um, I started to, the, like, the last three months of 2016, I really started listening to it, and Yvonne actually reached out to me and asked me, you know, and I, that's a, there's a blur in there because of what I went through, um, but she asked me, you know, if I was interested, she invited me to the women's conference, and I said, um, I'm just going back to work. You know, I had, I'd lost my husband, and um, 
I knew that I couldn't take and go away from work. I had to finish that. But so, yes, the hospitality is there because I listened to you and I felt, okay, that I don't feel like he feels like he's better than anybody else. And then somebody reached out to me before I even walked in the door. You, I think you sent an email asking about life groups or about yeah. the women's I, I can't even remember because, again, that was after uh-huh. he passed away. And a lot of that stuff in that area is like a blur to me. So, because I was trying to stay strong and trying to move on, which is a hard thing to do, but, you know, you do it. And that's why I knew I needed to get back. And, and God's always been in my heart, but I needed it closer, is I believe what I need. I needed him closer to me. And I, I'm, I've used this analogy before. My faith was back here because I didn't go to church, and once I started, it's here. I think about everything I do now, and I think about what I do more so than I did then. I remember the conversations because we're like, we've never met this person before. Like stalking <laughs> yeah, we stalked him. What? But it was okay. It, it was okay because I was. It's like, a friendly stalking. It was. I just say it was friendly because it did. It did help me, but then because I'm kind of um, quiet and introverted, and I'm not one to. And I've had some bad experience of walking into other churches where they looked at you like you had ten heads, and if you took communion, they were like, um, looking at you like, why did you do that? And I was like, I, and I went with my sister, and she says, "Well, you're not a member here. You're not supposed to." I'm like, "Wait a minute." When the offering plate went by, I paid my tithes, <laughs> and I'm not a member, uh, and I don't whoops. understand. And I just, I didn't go back. I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel welcomed. And I literally told my mom because we go to breakfast every Sunday, and before we come here, and I said, "Mom, I'm going to church today," and she said, "You are," and I said, "Yeah, I'm going to church." Well, I did, but I was in the parking lot for probably. Four weeks, four weeks before I ever made it in the door because I was afraid to come in because I was afraid of being judged. And I did see somebody opening the door, and I'm like, "Mm, I still don't know. I'm just, everybody get in, it'd be 10 o'clock. I'm like, can't go now, it's too late. (laughs) So I would drive back home. And one Sunday I pulled up, and Michelle Jumpson, which isn't here, and you know, she's moved away, she had this big box of like cupcakes. And she said that they called her the cupcake lady. And um, I was like, oh, she's not going to be able to get in that door. Not thinking every week somebody's opening that door. So when I had prayed, please, God, give me the strength that morning on the way from breakfast. Please give me the strength to walk in there and just do it. And her cupcakes made me because I, she, I needed to open the door, but I didn't. And then when I got there, there was Yvonne's mom, Dottie, there. And she opened her arms. She hugged me like I had been coming here forever. And I was like... I was kind of taken back because I was like, oh, this is kind of different. They're not looking at me, and I don't feel like I'm being judged. I don't feel like I'm being judged. And I have to say, I don't know where I'd be today if I hadn't stuck it out and come in because this place has helped me through an extremely difficult time in my life. Cupcakes, the power of cupcakes. <laughs> well, Kim, you checked all my questions off, so. I know, I read you, them. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I did my homework. That's my what happens. My questions were just there to help. You did fantastic. Well, you just preach the rest of the service if no, you'd like. I no, okay. uh, so. I don't think I should do that, because I can now feel that I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Kim. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right.
I love that story of her being in the parking lot. Well, someone's got to get the cupcakes in the church. Uh, so you never know who you're helping by bringing high caloric uh, things in the church. Oh, so there we go. Um, that Kim, I wanted Kim up here because that story is so powerful on uh, so many different levels. Uh, how she was battling through dealing with the loss of her husband and how we got to aid in that, how we got to love in that. Um, her having seen God move in her life to ordain a cupcake lady uh, to come inside the church, to automatically, as soon as she opened the doors, feel loved in this place. There's a lot of things going on in that, in that situation. And it's one that we need to replicate over and over and over again. There was stuff that Kim had to do on her own that we couldn't do. We couldn't drive the car here. Heck, we couldn't get her out of the car for, for, for three weeks, right? Um, but what we can do is take care of everything we possibly can once, um, once someone comes in here to feel like home. And that's um, exemplified, I think, in Philippians 2, 1 through 5. Philippians 2, 1 through 5. This is one of my favorite books of the Bible. If you're allowed to have favorite books of the Bible, this one would be one of them. Uh, Paul is writing, the Apostle Paul is writing his favorite church, um, Church of Philippi. It's, it's got a special place close to his heart. He loves these people. And when he is encouraging them, he is calling them, this is the church that I dream for you to be. This is who I hope you can be. That's, that's the tone of this letter, the tone of what Paul is trying to say in this moment. And so hear that in this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or feigned conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. This scripture illustrates the same idea of this, this coming home, this hospitality of Jesus. How are we supposed to conduct ourselves with this? Not considering other people being better than us. Or... Or us better than that. I said that backwards. You got it. Not doing those things. By having the same attitude as Christ Jesus. By being in common. By sharing in the spirit. By loving each other. So if church is home, we should expect a few things. Just by going through this passage. The first is that you should be loved. And you should love. If you're trying to make your, your home, your work environment, whatever it is, if you're trying to follow after Jesus and making your environment this home-type environment, you should be loved and you should love. Have the same love being in one spirit and one mind. You should be loved and you should love. Second thing is this. You should be cared for and you should care for. You should be cared for and you should care for. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. In humility, value others above yourself. Oh, sometimes that's hard, right? Especially in your work environment. If you look at your kids, you wish they would figure this out when they they deal with each other, right? You value 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. You should be loved and love. You should be cared for and care for others. Third thing, you should contribute. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You contribute. The early church is this beautiful example of people selling property to bring to the church to say, who needs this? Are the widows and the orphans taken care of? Who needs food? Who, what's going on? It's just this constant uh, communal living type thing of people coming together, sharing what they have, doing what is necessary so that people can survive. People can thrive together. In the same way, our church uh, does this on different kinds of levels here. We share with food. We share with uh, services. Our Helping Hands ministry uh, does all kinds of fun things throughout the, uh, in our church body and outside our church body. Yesterday, we helped somebody move. Right? That's a wonderful blessing. We do all kinds of different things. You should contribute what you have, whether that's a gift, whether that's making cupcakes, whether that's uh, being able to put in electric, uh, ele- electric lights or doing other things. Whether you have a truck. That was my donor yesterday to the, the moving process. I had a truck. Okay. I just, you know, I ate donuts and had a truck. There we go. It's my calling in life. Uh, you should contribute. And the fourth thing is you should be disciplined and disciplined. You should be disciplined. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. To have your relationships look like Jesus, you've got to have honest enough relationships to say, you know what, Andy, how are we going to get better at this? Perry, how are we going to take our, 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 our faith to the next level here? I'm loving you. You shared with me this. Let's turn that back around. How do we get better from this? Yeah, you've complained to me about how rough your marriage is. What are you doing to take it to the next level, to make it better, to reclaim it? This is one that we often are like, oh, we can't touch that one. That gets too personal. How does home feel? I don't know about you, but when I'm messing up and dad looks at me with that look like, son, that's not the way you need to be disciplining Bowen. I'm like, oh. Now I got a choice to make. I can get really upset with my father for calling out my parenting, or I can say, you know what? He, he raised me. He knows where he screwed up, <laughs> and he knows where he did good. Now, I understand not all home lives, that's, sometimes that produces all kinds of anxiety. I get that, I get that, I get that. But here at church, if we can do that in a loving way, in a careful way, and we know that everyone's contributing, that discipline comes through that in a loving way. How do I call you to a higher standard? Because what the goal is, is to create an environment in which we're all aiding each other and coming closer and closer and closer to Jesus. Do you hear the heartbeat in that? It's a beautiful thing. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes hard words need to be said. But out of those hard words comes the biggest amount of growth. You should be loved. You should be cared for. You should contribute, and you should be disciplined in it. Sometimes you're going to walk in this church. Sometimes you walk into work. Sometimes you walk home, and you don't feel like making it feel like home. Right? It's not. I'm sure. Jesus Jesus does something really important. I, I bet you when Jesus doesn't feel like making it uh, like home you're reading the gospels and jesus walked away 
And Jesus went on a retreat. And Jesus got on a boat and went to the other side of the lake. Right? That's permissible. That's okay. But Jesus knew, like, you know what? I don't, I don't really need to deal with this right now. But when I come in contact with people, I need to take care of myself enough that I can recharge and do this for other people. So maybe, maybe you need to know how I need to, where my limit is, where I need a little quiet time, need a decompression. I need whatever that is. Whether it is for church, when you walk in here, I do that in my office. Some weird stuff happens. I get the weirdest phone calls at 945 at this church, right? Now I have a choice. I can like not answer the phone, which is usually a bad idea, uh, or I can answer it. But then I have to deal with whatever is on the other end of that line. So, decompress. It's okay. It's all right. Put that down. We'll deal with it at 1110 and go, <laughs> right? Okay. Because I don't need to take that out on Paul. It's not his fault that something crazy just happened. Maybe it is, but no, no, it's not. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Cause it's coming home. It's the same type of idea. You should be loved. You should be loving people. You should be cared for and you should be caring for others. You should contribute and you should be contributed to. You should be disciplined and you should discipline as well. This is part of being a unit, being a team, being a family, being a place that is home. One of the greatest honors, I had a friend come to church here um, about a year ago. They came and visited. And so afterwards, I kind of did a debrief with them. Uh, that's what you get if you're one of my friends and you come to church here. Like, hey, uh, so what do you think? And they looked at me with a tear in their eye and they said, it felt like home. And inside, I'm trying to be, you know, outside, I'm trying to be cool. Inside, I'm doing backflips. Like, yes! Because that's what I'm going for. That's what we as a family need to be going for. Does this feel like home? Is it a safe place? Is it a place we can grow? Is it a place we want to bring our kids back to? Is it a place that when they, my child walks in this door that I unequivocally go, have a blast. And you can go talk to Uncle so-and-so and Uncle so-and-so, and you can have 18 grandmas if you need it. Because we're a family. So if this is your first time here today, this might have been a weird message. But I hope that you can feel that we're trying our best to feel loving and to feel like home. And if you've been coming here for 60 years, which no one has because the church hasn't existed that long. I don't think, uh, but uh, this is our goal. This is our mandate from God. That we can't make people fall in love with Jesus, but we're going to do everything in our power to aid in those decisions. Everything. From our design choices, from the paint on the wall, to the what songs we sing, to how we bring donuts on Sunday morning. That's why we bring them from Donut Den and not Home Cut, because it's better. Uh, <laughs> now I just cause a sibling fight, okay? So uh, <laughs> that's how that goes. Thank you, Janice. I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Folks, this is our heartbeat, and this is where we're going. This is a value that we have because it's a value that beats with the heart of Jesus. Because every time we take someone who's nervous about coming to church, they're nervous about what that means and what that looks like, and they walk in the doors for the first time, and we make them feel loved and accepted, we are doing the same thing that Jesus did every time he entered a party, every time he talked to somebody. Shoot, he did it to a guy who was climbing up a, a sycamore tree. He made him feel not awkward. That's hard to do. He took the attention off a woman caught in adultery who's probably lying naked in the dirt. He takes the attention off of her and restores her. He takes a a woman who is probably a prostitute who's been anointing his hands and sobbing in the middle of a party. She doesn't have a towel and takes her hair down and starts to clean his feet with her hair. 
He takes the attention off of her. He restores her and he admonishes anybody in the room who's thinking evil about her. This is the Jesus that we're trying to be like. This is also the Jesus that we get to serve. I don't know what that means like for our church. I don't know the awkward situations that we put in, but I'm looking forward to it as we love people the way Jesus wants us to love. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today and thank you for this family. Lord, I have such a joy and an honor of being the pastor to these wonderful people. And God, I thank you for that responsibility. And Lord, I I hope that this morning it would burden us the attitude that we need to have to make church and make our home and make our work environment, to make our whatever sports teams we're involved in, whoever we come in contact with, we can make people feel safe and valued and wanted. Because you consistently made people feel safe and valued and wanted. Lord, if there's a place in our life that we need to work on so we can, that we're actually a stumbling block for someone coming in contact with you, God, would you convict us of that? Would you show us that so we can change our ways, that we can repent from that and walk away from it? God, when in those areas in which we know we need to say something, we know we need to do something, we know maybe we need to open that door, Lord, would you, would you show us and give us the courage to do that? God, if you prompt us to make an obnoxious amount of cupcakes, that we'd be obedient in that just so it would actually create the environment where someone would walk in the doors of the church. God, that we would be obedient servants of you, that we'd listen to your voice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. You are dismissed.